You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 109 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We're coming to you for your comics on February 6th, 2013. I'm your host, Vince, and with me is the man trying to unravel the enigma that is Rob Liefeld. How's it going, Raj? I just want to know where I need to go to get camped out so that I can buy my tickets for when the movie comes out. <laughs> there, If there's a space somewhere, I, I will buy a tent, especially just for this, just so that I can get camped out and ready be the first in line. He I mean, deserves our support. Yeah, I and he sees himself as Captain Kirk too. So I mean, you can't go wrong there. Well, it's full of win. I mean, look at the plot that's going on here. Look at the intrigue. It's going to have thriller written all over it. <laughs> we all know that we want to see it. I won't be alone in that lineup. I'm telling you that much. Would you care to elaborate for our listeners who are scratching their heads and wondering if we lost our damn minds? Oh, come on. Everybody must know by now. Lee Field wrote a script. He's going to be there. There's an image movie about the starting of image. So honestly, I did not dig that much. I looked around a little bit. I need to find out more about it just for sheer crazy stupidity. I need to know more about this. I know that you were saying you didn't find that much and you frankly didn't care, but I need to know more. I need to get my hands on this script is what I need to do just so that I can read it. All I know is it's from what I've seen, it's like a buddy movie because it's about just him and Todd McFarlane. Screw the rest of the guys. And I forget who he said he saw as playing Todd, but he sees Christopher Pine playing the role of Rob Liefeld. Yeah. I, oh uh, yeah. I, <laughs> we need more information is all I'm going to say. Definitely need more information on this. <laughs> all right. Well, onto things that aren't horrible. <laughs> this week, we're talking about uh, a couple of comics, and we're starting off with Avengers Assemble, specifically issues 9 through tw- or 11, uh, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, artwork by Stefano Caselli, and colors by Rain Barreto. And this was uh, Kelly Sue taking over the comic from Brian Bendis. He wrote the first eight issues. And it was an interesting comic when it first came out because this was the comic that people who liked the Avengers movie, this was before Marvel Now rolled out, this was the comic that they were supposed to read. You know, it had the movie cast starring in it. And it even bridged an interesting gap by introducing Thanos, or reintroducing at least, Thanos and the Guardians of the Galaxy to the ongoing Marvel storyline. So it was kind of, hey, you know, you like this movie here. Oh, and here's the characters you're going to be seeing in the next couple movies. And it told an interesting story. Like, of course, I was into it because it had the Guardians of the Galaxy in it. And I've always loved those that's characters. That's for you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much. And it was a fun story involving that, but as among at least regular comic readers, there wasn't a whole lot to it outside of Thanos and the Guardians. And if that's not something you're into, I'm assuming you aren't, Raj. Uh, Did you read those first eight? No. Yeah, okay. Ironically, I started on this one, the number nine, when it first came out. But like I said when we were talking before, there's too, too many Avengers titles. And I don't always know which one I'm reading. It's, it's Don't assume I know what I'm talking about most of the time. <laughs> I, I actually hadn't read the first few. I was like, oh, whatever. It's the movie kind of tie-in one. I, I can pass on it. Until I found out the Guardians were in it. Then I went back and had to go read Well, it. see, <laughs> I remember bringing this up in a prior episode. Don't, don't even ask me which one. Having read this one here... And talking about 
really enjoying it. I didn't know that Kelly Sue had just kind of taken over. Um, but no, I really liked this issue number nine. I liked the characterizations. And I remember when I was talking about it saying too that I like this Tony Stark. I mm-hmm. This is a lot more fun than some of the Tonys we've seen in some of the other issues going on right now. And I think that's where Kelly Sue really fit her story in here. Whereas Bendis was using the cast from the movie, they were still written as if they were, you know, the the regular Avengers that he's been writing for years. Kelly Sue took those characters and didn't change anything about them, but writes them in a way that's similar to the way they're portrayed in the movies, the, the way they act towards each other, the dialogue, you know, the snappy comebacks and all this and that. It, it's it's not just a comic starring characters from the movie. It's a comic starring the characters from the movie and adding in, you know, an expanded cast, but written for almost specifically for fans of the movie, the way it was. I, well, I'm not going to disagree with you with that, but I do find that the relationships between the characters, I thought that they were better as well, not just in terms of this is Mm -hmm. how they behave in the movie, but when you're seeing the, the way that they interact, uh, I don't know. I, I felt that it was much more natural, a lot better than a lot of the other, quote, again, Avengers titles that we're seeing right now. Um, more personable, more about the characters, not just um, the superhero characters, but about the people behind them kind of thing. Like when you're seeing um, Banner talking with, with Tony and then... Steve shows, Steve's there and Carol and just the banter between them, the way they're talking and stuff like that. It's much more, again, about the people and not just about the superheroes. Yeah. And I I love the way it started off with that, uh, those differences between Tony and Bruce. I mean, they're both, you know, big fancy scientists, but they both have vastly different outlooks on life, you know, based upon the thing, you know, the things they've had to live. And I I loved how, you know, Tony's all Razzle dazzle. But you know, he's all hopeful for the future and yeah, technology, go team humans. Whereas Bruce is like, you know, the future sucks. Yeah. You know, if we're not careful, we could ruin this whole thing. And that whole dichotomy between the two of them leads into a very fun concept for a story. They they find out about this science team that goes missing. And of course, Bruce and Tony both know the guy that was in charge of the team. So like, oh well, let's let's go find him. And he's like, well. Tony had to make it a little more interesting. Let's make it a bet uh, of who can find him first. And of course, realizing that Banner has no money, they had to bet something a little more interesting and that the loser would walk naked from the Avengers Tower to the Baxter building and back again. So this was actually pretty fun. Them, you know, them going around trying to find their teammates, <laughs> everybody rejecting them at first. And when uh, Hulk actually gets Spider-Woman to join his team, and why does Spider-Woman join the team? Well, because for her pheromones, she can help control the Hulk and then has him make her a sandwich. <laughs> that was a little ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> Hulk in the kitchen making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That it that's I can't ask for anything more out of a comic book than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then uh, Tony teams up with Thor, and uh, you, you, I'm sure you didn't care about that. No. But you know, they're, they're off on their mission, and then we cut back to Avengers Tower, where here's Carol, Captain Marvel, <laughs> Wolverine, and Spider-Man, setting up a scoreboard, cooking popcorn. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what made this whole, so, whole thing so great. You know, they're on, you know, their, their fun mission, you know, yeah, go, go be in Heroes, and the rest of them are just enjoying it because they know <laughs> that things are going to happen on this. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, it, it stops being fun when, you know, they find the science team 
completely killed and get attacked by monsters. And then it takes a serious turn. And even that, that, that shift in the tone of the story was handled so well. I agree. I agree. It's, you were kind of expecting it. I, I would have oh, been surprised yeah. <laughs> if, well, yes and no. I wouldn't have been surprised if because of all the seriousness has been going on with the, the Marvel now and with the Phoenix stuff that just finished and stuff like that, if they would have just taken, told Kelly, Sue DeConnick, you know what? have fun for three issues. And I would have been perfectly on board with that because again, we have so much serious stuff going on, or at least they try to take themselves seriously that, you know what, a few issues of just plain stupidity and have fun. I'd have been all for it. But when the, at the end of the first issue is when the shift it, the shift happens and you realize, nope, this is going to be a serious story, but it's well handled. It's very well handled. And it's an immediate, you know, this little bed thing is over. This is, Serious business now. Uh, but no, it was the, 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 the serious aspect of the story was just as engaging and fun to read. Mm-hmm. So as they find out, uh, the scientists have uncovered this ancient bacteria from, you know, 80 bazillion years ago that's in the water. And uh, when activated by a catalyst, it starts, you know, reproducing and evolving. And well, that's just kind of turned into an alien scenario and burst out of the stomachs of the scientists. But uh, unfortunately, Bruce drinks a little bit of the water and Hulk is not happy. I, I loved all the bits with sick Hulk. I mean, that it was with, with Banner, you know, increasingly you know, turning a little green, literally and figuratively. And it was it was just really cool, especially, you know, once Spider-Woman had to give him the antidote. That's, you're skipping ahead now, though. Well, I know. Because <laughs> I really like the stuff that was going on between Cap and Carol as well and the... Who the hell was that again? What's Yun Guang Han, yeah. our new villain, who, who who really wants to set himself up. He he thinks he's you know the next big thing in super villainy, and he's very happy that the Avengers have taken notice of him. But I just love it because there's such fantastic scenes with them. I mean, we've been, oh yeah, we've been seeing some great scenes again with with Cap with the new stuff and and some of the old stuff too. Um, but here you're seeing some fantastic stuff between with him and, and Danvers and especially the stuff with Carol, like how she's coming to his rescue at the last possible minute kind of thing and things like that. But no, that was a hell of a lot of fun to read. Or when he decides he needs to jump out of the Quinjet, he's like, well, time for plan B. She's yeah. like, you always like plan B, don't you? <laughs> like, yeah, a little. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's especially because Captain America so rarely acts like that you know you, you you don't see him smile very much in any comic so that that little twist was so welcome what i like is he's falling out of the jet and he's saying carol i need a lift and she's saying not a good time steve he's not <laughs> saying listen i'm about to hit the ground he's saying okay <laughs> <laughs> wait <laughs> all right it'll be okay like, you got Catch balls, up on buddy. Some reading. yeah really <laughs> But it, it all goes well because, you know, as Tony, as Tony, geez, as Steve says, you know, he trusted, he knew that no matter what, you know, his teammate would have his back. And, you know, that's Captain Marvel's freaking awesome, as we'll get to later. Yeah. So, yeah, and Banner has to uh, turn into the Hulk now to survive the multiplying bacteria in his stomach. And they have to lock him in the containment field in the helicarrier, just like we saw in the movie. And, well, Tony has a cure. <laughs> I lo- absolutely loved the scene. Spider-Woman turns to him. Oh, how are you going to get him to take it? <laughs> I'm not, Miss I Can Control the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the, I, th- I think that's where the issue ended, too, because that, that, yep. was, that was brilliant. That was hilarious. I loved it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. A little too many ass shots of Spider-Woman, but yeah, well. It, it wasn't. 
Oh, the, the, ang- the, the <laughs> angles weren't what I would have chosen, but it also wasn't like overt. Like it wasn't over the top. I, I, I didn't hate it. <laughs> okay. Especially, especially for that scene specifically because she was she was trying to use you know her female charms on the hulk but yeah it, it, we could have done without it but it wasn't as terrible as it has been in so many other comics looking at you savage wolverine oh yeah <laughs> so we finally find out han's plan is that you know he's been trying to raise this army of superpowered beings using the, this bacteria but you know the hosts aren't strong enough you know he brought in new hosts he genetically altered the hosts, still not strong enough and his whole plan this time has been to lure the Avengers in and then dump all the water into a village and infect all the people down there, hopefully also infecting the Avengers as they're uh, going about their rescue operations and then finally having hosts that would be strong enough that he could then use for his own purposes. And, like, for a villain that they've just introduced, that's not a bad plan. No, no. It was interesting enough. Of course, he and- gets snot kicked out of him in no time <laughs> flat. See, and, and here's where we're seeing so, some literal parallels to the Avengers movie with, you know, Hulk falling out of the, the, the helicarrier and <laughs> the, the, the villain monologuing and Hulk having a sudden end to that. But it, I don't care. That's so great. It, yeah. it was one of the best parts of the movie. I don't mind it being reproduced in a comic. Yeah, it was quite, quite literally almost verbatim without words, of course, to what happened in the movie. But yeah, it works though. So. Mm-hmm. And then they saved and they get back to Avengers Tower and, you know, Bruce and Tony are, you know, talking and, you know, Bruce is still depressed. Tony's trying to cheer him up. I I really liked this bit, especially after having read uh, Indestructible Hulk number three, was it? Whichever, whichever the issue was where Hulk beat the snot out of Iron Man, because that this is a nice parallel to that. Yeah. And you see that, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of scientific rivals, but they're also good friends. And, you know, like we said, these character bits in this, in this comic are really what made it so great. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the Avengers show up and Carol tells them to drop their pants. I love that while Banner is objecting, Tony's already taken his pants off. <laughs> and you see, uh, I actually um, follow Kelly Sue on Tumblr. Like, I love her interactions with her fans. She's very active online, you know, very gracious to her fans because she understands, you know, the people who read her comics are basically the people who pay her, you know, her, you know, sign her paychecks almost. So she noted, she noticed that somebody had posted that panel and said the exact same thing. Does anybody notice that Tony had no problem? No, none <laughs> at all. <laughs> and he, and she pointed out that on Tumblr, that post had been shared 18,000 times. Good Lord. And like that's that's good fan reaction. Like that's that's knowing yeah, that, that the fans are appreciating what you do, and then reciprocating on that and showing that you appreciate what the fans do. So well, good job fa- all around there. She's fantastic on Twitter too. So yeah. Oh yes, and <laughs> so we get since Cap and Carol are the ones that found the scientist. Tony and Bruce both lose. They both had to walk naked, and that those last couple pages to that issue were brilliant I, I i was dying of laughter i absolutely loved it yes no i will agree and one of the the, the best final panels that we've seen in a long time too with spider-man hanging there taking a picture <laughs> it, it, it was it was perfect yeah. so I, I i really loved this story because you, know, you you had a good hero villain story going on you had some serious moments you had some light-hearted moments the characters were fantastic. I'm really looking forward to what more she's going to do on, on Avengers Assemble to come. And, and a little bit of emotional scarring for children. 
on the street. Some of that too, because you need some of that to make it a good all-around story arc. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the Hulk is an unforgettable sight. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. All right, so actually staying on the same thought pattern, another comic that I've really wanted to talk about, and this was just a good place to fit it into the discussion, was Captain Marvel number nine. It actually came out... Uh, few weeks ago, last month, something like that. Written again by Kelly Sudeconic, uh, artwork by Felipe Andrade with colors by Jordi Belair. And this was just a great single issue. I loved this one issue. The art was amazing. The art in this was absolutely fantastic. Overall, yeah, I, I loved, like, all the all the character moments in here were fantastic. Andrade's facial expressions were amazing. I think he kind of lost it a bit during some of the action scenes. Like, oh, really? Spider- look at the panel with the dinosaurs. Uh, I'm looking at it. Let me, let me swing back there real quick. Editing out, I'm assuming. <laughs> Again, about- it is, like, it's, it's a style that not everybody's going to like. Mm-hmm. But personally, I thought it was absolutely brilliant it's a lot more loose with the um with the proportions and with different uh, like the the angles and stuff like that but man i thought it was phenomenal the two-page spread where carol gets the one dinosaur to smack the other one what's going on with spider woman in that panel well she's jumping down it looks like one like she's where's that leg coming from well it's yeah it looks like it's somewhat mid-torso but (laughs) Is it, in, in, yeah. a lot, in a lot of the action scenes, it kind of loses a bit of, of the detail that the rest of the panels have. Like the legs just become kind of little squiggly bits at the end. Yes. And it, it, it's I'm not saying it's, it's bad. I mean, some, some bits like that are just like, whoa, what's going on? But I mean, overall, yeah, the issue had a crazy style that I did really like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I see what you mean. And that's why I'm saying it's a lot looser in terms of style. Um, but yeah, no, that one there could have definitely been redone. And the back leg looks like a chicken leg, too, that was been cooked with the bones sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to the story itself. Uh, we see early in the morning, you know, Carol has a nice day planned and she gets interrupted by Tony Stark. And she knows it's Tony Stark because who else would reprogram the ringtone on her phone? <laughs> and just carrying through these great character interactions that the same stuff we saw in Avengers Assemble carrying through into Captain Marvel. Of course, it's the same writer. You would kind of expect that. And, you know, Tony has rearranged her schedule for her. And there's some, some cool stuff here. Tony had Pepper <laughs> rearrange Carol's schedule for her because Tony's just terrible with time management. And somebody actually pointed out to Kelly Sue that, you know, oh, why why is Pepper doing all this stuff for Tony? She hasn't been his personal assistant for years. She's now the CEO uh, of, you know, Stark Industries and this and that. And, you know, Kelly Sue points out, she's like, yeah, but Pepper, no matter if she was the president of the United States, Pepper Potts would never stop managing Tony Stark's life. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 thought like that that you know put into the put into the story put into the characters, and it, it's really fun. And I what one thing I really liked is way back in Avengers Assemble number nine, we saw Tony Stark talking about like the little printer he had that you know gave him updates on you know all these various things. And here in this in this next in this uh, Captain Marvel issue, we see Carol has picked up one of those yeah. printers after she said, "I need one of those." <laughs> and I we've seen so many comics, especially Spider Man. Heroes trying to balance their everyday life with their superheroics. And, you know, of course, it never works. But the way it was handled in here, keeping, you know, her little uh, to-do list active, you know, throughout all the pages and seeing her, you know, having to scratch out her meeting times and, you know, all the stuff that's moving around. It it was just so fun of an issue. 
I, I love that especially because it is something that, again, a lot of people try to write about that and it's, it's, it's hard to, to convey the balance that they have to, to try to, to make in their, in their lives and to see her interacting with other people as well as other superheroes, like with Jessica throughout the issue and stuff like that and how that interaction is joined whether she's doing superhero stuff or just herself stuff kind of thing. I thought that was, again, very well handled, very fun to read. And mm-hmm. the hat, the hat was awesome. I love yes. the hat. It's like yeah. the Jane hat. <laughs> exactly. You know, but yeah, like you're saying, you know, dealing with the guy in the donut cart or the, the old lady in the park that she buys breakfast for and, you know, knits her that awesome little, her lucky hat as yes. it's been <laughs> become. Or, or the absolute best part when the dinosaurs attack and she needs somebody to take the cat to the vet. Yes. <laughs> she pulls pulls a taxi driver out. It's like, I need you to take this for me. It's like, this needs to go to the Avengers outpost. It's designed as a veterinary office. Is it a special cat? It's Spider-Man, Spider-Man in yeah. disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's such a creative solution to a normal everyday problem that's popping up because of dinosaurs in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> Honestly, this was beginning to end absolutely awesome like we've been talking about the series for a while now and how much we've been enjoying it and she's proven that kelly sue of course has proven that she can handle some fairly huge story arcs now with style like really well done and then you get these single page or single issue stories that are just as captivating just as much fun to read Mm-hmm. And then at the end, just bringing everything together with, you know, all, all the characters we've seen all in the doctor's office. And then just after what's been a very fun issue, slamming a very, very serious problem, you know, right it right into Carol and the readers. Like at the end, I was actually stunned at the end when, when it happened. I was like, wow, like that was that, that kind of hit hard. Yeah, I, I was reading that, too. And I was thinking, OK, what now? Because this is again, having faith in her writing and what she's been doing up until now with a twist like this. Okay. Now you've got me very curious. I really want to know what you're going to make of this and not just what you're going to make, but if you're going to make light of it, or if you're going to have a fairly long period of time where this affects her, because that then has an impact on a various Avengers titles and other things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just great. And speaking of the Captain Marvel comic as a whole, I mean, it's only been nine issues so far. But this comic has built up a fantastic fan following o- over the last few months. Like this, this is a comic so many people have been waiting for, whether whether they knew they were waiting for it or not. Then it came out, and it's just worked on so many levels, drawing in a, a fantastic group of fans. Like you, you see, all, go look online. There are dozens of people who have knitted their own Carol Danvers lucky hats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our our favorite fake internet girlfriend, Tart Darling, has, has was so excited yesterday because she finally got her Carol Core dog tags that she ordered. I mean, the fans are so behind this, and a, as a fan myself, that's something so great to see. Well, it's it's a character that is being very well handled here. So we're seeing a lot of great stories with this character that we care about as well, that she's being very well written. But it's more than that, because whenever we're having other people guesting in the series as well, they're equally well handled from a writer that does a phenomenal job at characterizations. So when you're getting Tony in here, you're getting a a great, interesting to read Tony. When you're getting a Captain America, 
equally the same thing. I mean, we saw that with Cap in the early issues kind of thing. So it's it's great because you know that you're going to get a great story one way or another, but if she's bringing other people in, it's going to be that much more interesting. I mean, again, just looking at Spider-Woman in this one too. So like it's it's fun to pick up each issue and to read them. Mm-hmm. I think it was, what is it, like issues seven and eight, I think, where the previous Captain Marvel was co-starring along with her. That was that was so great. Yeah. If you're not reading the series, ser- seriously, you, you need to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's easily one of the best Marvel is putting out right now. Cannot cannot say enough good things about Captain Marvel. Yep. All right. Well, on to other fantastic comics for what we're reading this week. Uh, first, I want to talk about Invincible. Uh, last week, issue 100 came out. And, I mean, I've been following this ish- this comic since it started. Just, a, just pretty much just like Walking Dead. You know, Kirkman came out with Walking Dead and Invincible, and they both hit, and they were huge. And I've been following them. Well, not so much Walking Dead lately, but I've been following them ever since. So Walking Dead really stumbled right around the, the 100th issue. Invincible has just been maintaining a fantastic pace all throughout its 100 issues, and it absolutely stuck the landing on issue 100 because, like I said, the the – the storyline leading up to issue 100 was called The Death of Everyone. And like Kirkman was just owning it. And it was kind of a uh, meta argument of, you know, these hundred issues are always seen as, you know, having to be a big moment. So you have to kill off, you know, a major character. You did that yourself, Kirkman. But, you know, <laughs> let's, and, you know, he, he, he kills off Invincible. And I'm not going to ruin anything. But the way, <laughs> the way he handles the story and, has a big moment, has a big finale of so many ongoing storylines and then sets things up for a fresh start. Like we were talking about on our 100th issue, this was exactly what an issue 100 should be. Something big, something important, sets itself up. It's a great comic and it doesn't blow its load completely just for the sake of this one issue. It leaves enough room to continue on issue 101 and beyond. So very, very good issue. Can't believe you said blow a slowed family-friendly podcast. I, I, I was just, I was in the moment. Okay, <laughs> that, deal with it. Said. You've you've done worse. <laughs> All right, that. Superior Spider-Man number two. Did you check that one out? Of course. <laughs> How can I not? I, I, I'm very happy that he avoided the very. Uh, uncomfortable situation that we we were all dreading going back to 700 and then even superior number one so yeah thank you for not doing that dan and i'm i'm now a little more on board with your direction here because i i like the way he's handling things and and just the way things are working out <laughs> he's saying super villain stuff <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so uh, yeah thank thank you for not um making me very icky hate you yeah have <laughs> to <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then uh, Hawkeye number seven. I discussed this last week. This was the Hurricane Sandy issue that uh, Fraction put out where he said <laughs> I'm good at boats. <laughs> huh? I'm good at boats. <laughs> oh, I'm great at boats. Yeah. <laughs> and I, again, talking about fan feedback, you know, Team Hawkeye is just as devoted to their to their guy, their character as the Carol Corps is. And I mean, just the the, the fan outpouring he raised, I think, an additional two thousand dollars to the Red Cross on top of what he himself had already promised. So great. I, I fantastic. But as far as the issue itself, it was a it was a really good issue. It was a fantastic but issue. I live in South Florida. I have lived through a number of devastating storms in my lifetime. And the way he handled it. I mean, Fraction lives in freaking Portland. You know, what's he know about hurricanes? <laughs> but the way he handled the story and focused more on 
the things that the people do to overcome the adversity instead of just the destruction and everything itself, as someone who has been through situations very similar to this several times, it was absolutely great. I, I loved the way he handled the, everything in that issue. I, so did I. So did I. It was great. I, I liked the little rivalry, the Jersey versus Brooklyn kind of thing and <laughs> having fun with it. And, and the, the, I like that he allowed, he gave a spotlight to this, this, you know, extra <laughs> like that's grills that we've now come to I know love grills now. from this story. And he was always just, you know, the guy who grills on the roof kind of thing. But now it's like, no, let's actually give him some loving and put him as a major character in this story. And, and again, Hawkeye is fantastic. I'm great at boats. That's such a perfect little avatar to make. You know, that, little oh, that, that has been making the rounds. It has become like the top fan art for the week. I'm great at boats. I'm great at boats. <laughs> But no, the issue as a whole was fantastic. It, it was just as good as everything else we've been reading in this. This series is just so bloody good. Yeah, I, nothing more we can say. All right, uh, that's it for me. What you got? I have, because I was going to talk about those, but you did. But that's all right. Um, did you read issue five of X-Men Legacy? X-Men, yes. Dude. I, I think I was a week late, but I think I finally did read it. Another fantastic series. Like, this oh, yeah. has been really, really just great Simon Spurrier and uh, Molina and who else is Lee and Young anyways um, it's just been so well written like this if, if you haven't been reading it there's this thing with the kids that are kind of like telepaths and all kinds of other stuff there too going on and he was giving them a hand trying to save them um, but he also during that time had an encounter with uh What's her name? What's her name? Blindfold. Yeah, Blindfold. Sorry. I, I love all the work with Blindfold here. And yeah, and in that moment that she was in his head, she really had an impact on him. And if you read issue four, you know what I'm talking about. It was actually, again, really well done. And it kind of put her in this coma kind of thing. So he goes in to see if he can help her. He figures he's the one that got her in this mess. He'll get her out. And like the first part of the issue is about setting up a situation wherein everybody else in the school can be <laughs> doing something else and out of his way so that he can sneak in to try to get into her subconscious and to, to help her. And, um, and, and including all of the telepaths that are at the school. So he goes in there, but what winds up happening is that you wind up getting this incredible biography of blindfold as he sees it as he's reading her mind. This is, even if you haven't been following um, Legacy, this is actually a really, really good episode issue to just kind of bounce in and even just to read it in and of itself, even if you don't intend on continuing reading it, just so that you can get this background on on Blindfold, this, this X-Men character. It was really, really well done. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, for a comic that's so on the fringes uh, of the Marvel Universe, it's delivering. Yeah. Um, did you read the uh, Dark Knight number 16? Because the 16s are out now. I haven't read Dark Knight 1 through or 2 through 15, uh, okay. so no. Okay. It, it's, it, it, it's as if it, it's not even acknowledging anything that's going on with the rest of them. Batman's just kind of bouncing around taking care of business. Yeah. So it was like, well, this ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> the story itself was all right, but it was compared to everything that's going on with the rest of the issues right now, 
it was really not that big of a deal. I, to derail for a brief second, look up the animated Death of the Family covers. Somebody's been going through and like redoing the artwork as animated GIFs. Disturbing. Oh my God. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. The, the cover we loved so much of Joker staring through his own face. Yeah. Where he's holding it up and he's yeah, yeah, like no, the yeah. eyeballs. Imagine that animated. Okay. I'll have to it, look. Oh God. <laughs> well, this is like that. None of that is happening. And it's yeah. just a story with the Mad Hatter. And I mean, it's not bad, but it's certainly the not Mad anything. Hatter, really? Yeah. It's nothing that we haven't seen kind of before. I was really not all that impressed. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, so. Not worth reading in my opinion, but meh. Meh. Okay, that's it. And then I've been getting caught up still with the... I still have some Superior. Um, or not Superior, sorry. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man stuff. But I'd gotten caught up on all the, that stuff. Now I've been reading the uh, the team-ups that they, 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 uh, they'd been doing for a little while. There was uh, 16 issues of, of Marvel Ultimate team-ups. That mm-hmm. was kind of... Some was canon. I actually some never was, read any of those. Some of them are really good. Some of them are really not good. Even though they're all Bendis, some of them was like, wow, that was actually kind of bad. Some of them even kind of breaking the barrier. And it was like, eh, I don't know. Um, but but some of them have been really damn good. The stuff with Doctor Strange has been interesting, actually. That's the last two that I just read. And it was like, that was kind of cool, actually. I enjoyed those. Mm. That's it. And when you were talking about Dark Knight, it actually uh, reminded me of one I forgot to put on the list. Uh, the Batman and Robin annual that came out last oh, week. I got it, but I haven't read it. That, I... For me, I, I can't, I, this is one of those where I have a hard time kind of pinpointing your tastes. That was fantastic. Oh my God. That was a great issue. I loved it. It's very Damien centric. So, uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but oh my God, it, 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 I, read it. Let me know what you think next week. Okay. All right. Well, then, on to this week's new releases. From Marvel, we have a great lineup this week. We have all-new X-Men number seven, which even if that was the only thing they were putting out, that would make it a great lineup for the week. We have Avengers number five, Daredevil End of Days number five, the launch of Fearless Defenders number one, Iron Man number six, New Avengers number three, Red She-Hulk 62, Secret Avengers number 37, Remender's final issue there, Superior Spider-Man number three, Ultimate Spider-Man number 20, Venom number 31, and X-Factor number 251. I'm really hoping that the Ultimate Spider-Man is going to really kind of get a little bit better. It's been kind of dragging a little bit. It's been it, it's been really good. It just needs to pick up the pace. Yeah, it really does. Especially when you're looking at everything that's happening in the regular canon. It's like you really got to get a little bit splashier. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, we have the the whole Venom War thing going on yeah. now. So one, yeah, one so would assume it's going to pick up yeah. the pace. <laughs> All right. From DC, we have issues 17 for Animal Man, Detective Comics, and Swamp Thing, as well as issue 9 for Earth 2 and a bunch of other stuff I'm not reading. And for rounding out the list this week, from Dynamite, we have Voltron number 10. From IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 18, awesome. And Transformers More Than Meets the Eye number 13, still good if you're me. And Image this week is bringing us Guarding the Globe number 6, which is the spinoff for Invincible. And like I said, I really like the way that uh, they're working together there. So that's going to be all for us. Thanks for listening. Uh, As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. And you can even email us, as we've said, either Vince or Roger at comicbookinformer.com. And we'll see you next week. 